did you guys do more of those little shovel passes tonight than you have all season? Yeah, that's just part of our run game, except yeah. it counts as a pass. <laughs> but we just found it easier. We, we were messing around with all these tricky handoffs, and we go, you know what, just toss him the ball and let's go. For 2016, the league season is finally here, and I am Dan Albano with the Orange County Register and OCVarsity.com. I'm joined by our Tree League insider, Scott Barajas, as we are previewing the week one in the 2016 Tree League season after the, uh, the summer tournaments are over, the passing league team tournaments are over, Scotty, the non-league season's over, we've been talking about it. You know, since August, and this is our second year, so we've been talking about it even longer. Scotty, the wait is finally over, and uh, I, I, I want to know how you're feeling as we are approaching the, the opening of this uh, tree league season. Yes, it is here, the time we've all been waiting for, the matchups that we've all been talking about. Um, it's here, and, and you know, like I said, I can't get you know wait for it to all happen. It's going to go by fast, but it's also going to be a fun time again. So, uh, hope everyone's all geared up for another great year. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks again to all our fans that are joining us each week. Please send us your comments. I know uh, Scotty and I are both getting comments, and the feedback is is excellent. Good or bad, positive, negative. You know, give us some impact. Uh, some in. Yeah, some feedback and some uh, some things to work on or some things to cover. We will we'll be uh, responsive and we will uh, we will work on that. And uh, some of that proof uh, will come out tonight because one of the things we're going to talk about on our podcast here is we're going to be talking about sit out periods. And that was something Scotty had uh, talked to me off the air about um, sit out transfers uh, about. Noting some of the sit-out transfers that will be playing the next, this week's games for the first time this year. They've followed the Trinity League, I'm uh, sorry, the CIF Southern Section rules about uh, the transfers that have to sit out 30 days. And that was something Scotty had brought up off the air, so we will cover that. And But that's something I've also heard from uh, at least one listener that wanted that to be covered, so we're going to be doing that. We're also going to be, uh, but before we get to that, we're going to preview each of the games for, for this uh, opening week of the uh, 2016 Tree League football season. All these games will be played on October 7th, on Friday night. So um, we will cover that first, and then we'll get to the sit-out periods. And I also want to say that the, some of the, uh, the coaches' comments, the, the audio you heard intro, uh, introducing this show, that was from modern-day coach Bruce Rollinson uh, after their victory, the Monarchs' victory against Edison recently. That was their last non-league game before everybody went into the bye week. So, uh, Scotty, how was your bye week? We should, we should cover that as well. Uh, my bye week was uh, still recovering from my uh, knee injury. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been using the time wisely and, uh, doing some research and watching some, you know, games and, uh, just, just diving in, um, while I'm, uh, off work and doing the rehab, so. All right. Well, you have a productive and hopefully you continue to feel better, Scotty. So, uh. Well, let's get into these games. We're going to start off, uh, so Friday night, October 7th, like we said, 
Um, we're going to start with the St. John Bosco Braves, the uh, four-time defending Trinity League champions, taking on Servite at Cerritos College at the 7 o'clock kickoff on Friday night. So the Braves and Coach Jason Negro, like we mentioned, four-time defending Trinity League champions. They hold a, uh, they're riding a Trinity League record 21-game winning streak. The previous record holder in the Trinity League, which hasn't been around too long, but the previous holder was Servite with 19 consecutive victories under Troy Thomas. The Braves are number three in Division One. They're uh, two-time defending, uh, well, two-time uh, Pack 5 runner-ups the last two seasons to Corona Centennial. Servite's not ranked in Division One, but they're number six in Orange County. For, uh, what do you think about this game, Scotty? Just starting off uh, the bat, uh, do you give Friars a chance? How do you see this game? This can be a great game, or it could be a blowout. And you have to ask which Servite team is going to show up. Because Bosco doesn't look invincible, but they still have a formidable defense, and that's where this game is going to be won. So, you know, Bosco's pass rush is probably going to cause problems for Tyler Lytle, who isn't very effective when he uh, has to move around in the pocket, and he's going to have to make plays. He's going to have to, you know, make the plays for them to win. He's struggling under duress when he's has to, like, has to be mobile. Yeah. But for Servite, you know, to win, they're going to need Lytle to have a big game and for Servite's defense to step up and stop their run. You know, Servite's secondary is probably its strength, but against the run, you know, it's somewhat of a, it kind of gets neutralized, you know, if Bosco keeps the ball on the ground. Um, but Bosco's been mixing it up lately with their passing game, so, you know, that's going to be a good matchup. Um, and Bosco hasn't score, quick scored any team as much as they used to, you know, but it's still going to be a task uh, for the uh, Bosco excuse me, for Servite to control the line of scrimmage. Um, but I know we were going to talk about transfers later on, but Lido will get another offensive weapon back this week. Um, and, and, and modern day sophomore transfer, Trent McDuffie, who is a 5'10", 185-pound electric two-way player who would have been among modern day starting five receivers if he would have stayed with at MD. Um but he's also an excellent punt returner, and it's going to be interesting to see how Servite chooses to use him. Um, but the Friars are going to have to play a perfect game to pull off the win and, and expose some of Bosco's weakness, and the odds are against them. But, um, you know, I think Bosco's going to win this one. Right. We're going to offer our predictions, um, and you're picking uh, you're, you're picking Bosco. Um you know, before, you know, before we, you know, I'll offer my predictions here shortly on this game. But you know, you mentioned uh, about uh, Bosco's quick strike ability, uh, the quick score ability, and and that, I think that's an interesting point on kind of the how Bosco's transitioned a little bit under their new quarterback, Real Mitchell, a speedy junior, dual threat quarterback. You know, Real, he's passed for 932 yards, eight TDs. And uh, only been he's got been three uh, inter, inter, uh, intercepted three times, but he's also um, their second leading rusher with almost 300 yards. He's rushed for uh, six touchdowns, which is um, ties for the team lead. Um, their uh, leading rusher is 
is uh, is uh, Terrence Beasley, who's almost 600 yards, and he's averaging over 100 yards a game with four TDs. So Bosco this year, they've really done a nice job. Of, they're pretty balanced between you know the run and the pass, and I could see them. I could see the Braves. Knowing that secondary that's out there with with, with Servite, if it in, includes you know, you know obviously uh, Keith Price is a part of that, um, McDuffie maybe is part of that, some other uh, outstanding defensive backs. I could see uh, Bosco saying, "Hey, Real Mitchell, our ground game, Beasley, we're gonna we're gonna try to muscle up." Um, you know, Servite. Um, you know, we obviously they have a great offensive lineman, right, Davis. Um, so uh, that that being um, Wyatt Davis, number seventy-six. Do you think that's the route that you know Bosco's going to go? And like, hey, Sir, you know, Servite's already been on the radar radar with the uh, the De La Salle game. They're fired up. They remember the score. Believe it or not, last year in Week Ten. Uh, uh, St. John Bosco beat Servite 70-7. to So you know Servite's going to be totally fired up. They can play up to the competition like they showed against De La Salle. And maybe what Bosco does in turn is say, hey, we're going to ground this thing. We're going to try to out-physical you guys. Do you think that could happen, Scotty? Yeah, I still think Bosco's going to stay with their game plan. They're going to continue with the two-back system and they're running um, between Flowers and and. Beasley, and it's interesting that you say that Real is their leading rusher because you don't really second leading rusher him being second guy. You know, I I thought Flowers would have been. Um, Yeah, but I still think they're gonna they're gonna try to do that. You know, the balance and then hit him in the hit him in the air when you know when they need to um, and test that test that secondary of Servites. So it's it's you know it's all about you know matchups and all about you know you know. Um, that chess match, you know, make that move, who's going to counteract it, who's going to make the adjustment, because in the Trinity League, you're going to see this all year long, who can adjust, who yeah. can, who can um, match up um, the best against each other. You know, another interesting matchup in this in this game, Scotty, um, is is also uh, Terrell Bynum. Is the uh, is the top receiver at St. John Bosco, Washington commit. He's got 22 catches, uh, He's got two caught two touchdowns, but he's he's the leading uh, receiver in terms of receptions. He's actually only averaging ten yards reception, so he only has two hundred and thirty one yards, but twenty two catches. Um, their leading guy is uh, Holman, uh, Berkeley Holman, uh, with uh, as far as yards with three hundred and seventy seven. He's averaging seventy five yards a game. He's got the, the team leading five. Uh, touchdown receptions, but Terrell Bynum, Washington commit, could be. He's a, he was at Servite. He's actually, but then he was at Bosco before. He's bounced between these two schools, and he's going to be running up against another guy that what bounced a little bit, right? Keith Price, another Washington commit, outstanding defensive back at Servite. So, in Huskies are flying high after their win over Stanford. Do you think? Uh, the game within the game, the, the the duel between the duel, is this could be pretty good, right? If if Terrell Bynum is going up against Keith Price, they're in Washington commit, or I don't know what you know. Obviously, I, you know, I mentioned Berkeley because Holman, he's a guy that Servite's got to deal with as well. Right. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Keith Taylor 
Yeah. Oh, Keith Taylor, excuse me. Yeah, Keith Taylor, sorry. Um, yes, I, that is, you know, you know, you know, the matchups within the game that we all like to, to, to check out, and I think that one is a, is a huge one. Um, you know, whether or not he, you know, that it chooses, whether or not he lines up on his side or he chooses to, to, to go with him man-on-man everywhere he lines up. Some some schools like to run it that way, some don't. So it, that's something to look for. Um, and you got to remember, Taylor is 6'3", um, and he, he causes mismatch problems from a, you know, being a big corner over, over uh, Tyra. Excuse me, Tyrell is, is actually, you know, 5'11". Right. So, Bynum, yep. Bynum, yeah. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and and, and shock it up, you know, uh, and I, I'm predicting that Servite's going to pull the upset. I think that they were they were tasting that upset against De La Salle and came up short. And I think that, uh, I think Bosco isn't, uh, I... I I think they're, you know, with all the, the hype on modern day, I, I think Boss, you know, and being these, and, and, and Bosco beating Servite last year, 77, I just, you know, and that was week 10 for Servite. That was how their season ended. And I got a feeling that uh, Servite's going to shock, shock uh, OC in, in SoCal and get the upset at Cerritos College. And uh, I think they're going to, they're going to break that streak. And I just, you know, I think, uh, I, I, what do you what do you think of that prediction? I, I'm, I'm on the record, Scotty. I'm going with the Flyers to pull the upset. Week one, right out of the gates, I think I think they can do it. Wow, Dan, that's that's pretty yeah. big. You're going to make some uh, Servite faithful happy on that one. You're going to give them some uh, some love, and they're going to love that and uh, uh, take that one to, to the big game. So, um they, they have the tools on paper, you know, when you put it down on paper and you do the matchups and stuff like that, you know, they have, you know, they have skill, um, but like it's, it's got to be, you know, you know, when they play these games, sometimes the paper matchups don't always work out, but, you know, that's why they play the games. Yeah, it's going to be the line of scrimmage, I think, a lot, and, and on defense. You know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to stop the run, and they're obviously going to have to contain uh, on on Real Mitchell, but I, I think I think somebody's going to get the, uh, the the Braves this year. I mean, I, no disrespect to the the Bosco Braves, but I mean their streaks just been unbelievable, and I just I, I don't know how they can keep doing it. Um, you know, it's such a tough league, and, and so many tough teams coming their way. So yeah, Lido's going to have to explode. You know, he's only had five TDs this year. He's got no interceptions, so that that builds well. They're going to, you know, I think uh, Musi, um, you know, Stephen Musi's going to have to have a good game. He's, you know, he's averaging 76 yards, so they're going to have to be um, 76 yards a game. He's going to have to be tough. And um, guys like uh, Wingfield, Dominic Wingfield's going to have to be good. DeLon Hurt's going to have to be good. And uh, Kyle Ford. You know, sophomore just picked up an offer from Colorado. That secondary is going to have to be good. And, Scotty, what you've talked a lot about is some of the lack of discipline at times. You know, um, you've talked about how sometimes Servites had some drop issues. Sometimes they have they've penalties that hurt them. That's, they got, like you said, they, they got to eliminate that. Yeah, they got to have that. That's right. Talk about that's the perfect game that they got to have. So yep. it's all going to fall into place, but, you know, 
they believe there's a will, there's a way they can get it done. We'll just have to see. There you go. Well, so that's what St. John Bosco, 4-1, the only loss to Bishop Gorman. That's Scotty's pick. He's going with the Braves. Servite, 3-2, lost by one point to De La Salle, lost to four points to Bishop Amont, and that's uh, that's my pick at Cerritos College. Let's move on. Modern Day, 5-0, ranked number one in Orange County, number one in CIF, Southern Section, Division One, taking on... 4-1 Santa Margarita, winners of four straight since their season opening loss to Mission Viejo. This game will be at the Santa Ana Bowl, or Santa Ana Stadium. Um, let's see here. So Santa Margarita, number three in Orange County, a little surprisingly high for me, but uh, they're also number seven in Division One. Last year, it was modern day big at, the, at Chibuco Hills High School, 45-14, and that was in Week 10. So all these games from last year were all Week 10. Now they kicked the week, the opening week, uh, you know, in you know basically Week 6 uh, of the season, but Week 1 in the Trinity League. And Modern Day also beat uh, Santa Margarita in t- uh, two years ago, and that was 19-14, to a real good game at the Santa Ana Bowl. I was there at that game. That was K.J. Costello kind of coming of age, taking on the fierce modern-day pass rush, hanging in there tough, and uh, that was, uh, KJ was real uh, tough that day, and I was impressed with them, but Monarchs got the victory, and that was a big win for modern-day, they were fighting for their playoff lives, uh, as I recall, um, or right in the mix of it, so that was a big win for modern-day. Scotty, what's your thoughts on this game? Santa Margarita has improved since week one, that week one loss to Mission Viejo, but I don't think it's going to be enough to take down the Monarchs. Um, we'll just have to see if Coach Rich, Coach Rich Fisher has uh, got any his words of wisdom from his old former mentor, Bill Bilicek. And I say that, Dan, because huh. I don't know if you knew this or not, but he was actually mentored uh, for three years while he coached Bill's son, Stephen Bilicek at the uh, River Prep School in Westington, uh, Massachusetts. So, wow. you know, he's he's picked his he's had a you know a few years to, to pick his brain here and there. So, you know, I wonder now if he uh, made a phone call and uh, <laughs> talked him down how to how to stop this slow down this uh, MD machine. Whoa! So Belichick in the uh, mix. Oh man! Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, but uh, Santa Margarita will get a you know they're they're going to get a, a talented defensive player back in a sophomore Mace Funo who's sitting out. And we'll talk more about him later. Um, but he's going to give them another pass rush um, to go with the uh, that defensive line that has eleven sacks on the year. Um, they're going to need that pass rush because I'm not I'm not sold on their secondary because the only passing team they played was Mission Viejo and they, they toasted up for 370 and they threw pretty much at will and um, but you know if you want to talk and then you know because if you want to talk matchups here's another matchup um, Junior Malone uh, Matt Kelly yeah. actually faced MD last year as, as an old loop player 
and he went up head to head with Osiris St. Brown, and in that game, Osiris caught eight passes for 205 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, you know, so I know Malone's yeah, remembering that, and I know Iwabi wants to redeem himself, whether or not he goes man on man, or if he lines up him, or if it's whether it be Amon Ra or McCoy or um, Nico, you know, any one of their receivers. Um, you know, but it's going to be a tough matchup nonetheless. But on the flip side of that, you have Grant Calcateria, and he actually caught six balls for 180 yards last year against Modern Day. And that was actually the game that caught my eye, caught my attention, because before that game, he was an unknown, pretty much unknown player. He was on, not on the radar. He didn't have any offers. I believe the week after that game, he got his first offer from Illinois. And then it's, you know, from there on, he, he ended up getting all his offers um, throughout the year. So, you know, besides, you know, that the secondary, you know, an MD's, you know, you know, passing game, you know, can the Eagles, you know, also continue their their balance attack? And, you know, they're going to are they going to continue their balance attack? Um, but it's going to be interesting because modern day's defense has allowed twenty one points all year, right. which the starters have only given up seven of that twenty one. Believe it or not, yeah, they they a lot. They scored seven in that Amat game, and since then they haven't been. They haven't uh, been scored on, so I don't think that's going to stay true. But um, but that's still you know pretty um, impressive nonetheless. So, but I think um, you know the Eagles are going to keep the ball on the ground. They're going to try to keep the ball maybe away from ND. Um, you know they're going to try to get the run going at first, but I think they're going to have to throw to make it a game. But I but the question I guess. You know, I think it might, MD actually is going to come out on top on this, but the question is going to be is can Sam Marguerite expose some areas against the Monarchs, you know, for other future Trinity League foes? Well, interesting there, Scotty. Well, good job on the research on the Rich Fister, uh, Rich Fisher and Bill Belichick connection. I did not know that. So just like last week, I did not know the bowling champion uh, from Modern Day. And you, you, you're, pulling, you're pulling out all the stuff, Scotty. Uh, so a nice work uh, to you. You know, I can I can provide you know some updates, uh, and I'll give my prediction here momentarily. But you know, uh, Grant Calcaterra. Leading receiver at Santa Margarita, Oklahoma commit. It's kind of a, uh, committed as a hybrid tight end, and he's our leading re- uh, receiver with 31 catches for 427 yards, four TDs. He did not play in the previous uh, the Eagles' previous game against ML King. He said he uh, told me he was uh, held out, but he will be going this week. So he's a guy to watch. Um, and uh, that's one update. I don't know about, and I, I uh, to this point, don't know about uh, Trey Green or William Green. You'll see him on the Max Prep roster. He didn't play against King. Uh, he's our leading rusher, but like we've talked about, um, you know, the fellow came up, this junior, uh, Chad uh, Magyar, Magyar, um, you know, he's come up 354 yards, uh, six touchdowns, leads the team in five games. He's pushing Will uh, Trey, Trey Green, who's got 381 on, on the year. So that's the uh, that'll be something to watch if they do keep it on the ground. You know, Santa Margarita's got a good offense line. They they have run it well. I think Richard Wagner's has played well. Uh, no interceptions this year. He's a, he's a he's a pretty good runner. So uh, 
And they, you know, we will talk about it, but they, they have some new offensive linemen that they could perhaps feature. And if you're facing the modern-day offense, you, you, you want to keep them off the field. That might be the best remedy at this point, in my opinion, is, you know, how do you, you know, keep them off the field would be the best thing you can do. And you can do that by having um, a great ball control offense. Maybe that's the way it goes. Um you know, Santa Margarita's been pretty balanced this year between the pass. They have passed for a lot of yards because they have a great receiver in Calcaterra. And we've talked about Trey Green, uh, Maggiar. But, uh, you know, the thing I wonder about, Scotty, those, you know, if they, you know, that pass rush with, uh, you know, with Mace Funa coming into the mix, they have some other transfers, um, on the defensive end, defensive line, but then you just have those flip passes that are, you know, can really can't that really throw off any any kind of plans where Santa Margarita says, hey, we got to get after JT Daniels, we got to pressure him, and that's where you know he's only throwing two interceptions. I, I saw one of them, and that was when you know just like any quarterback, and it's no no disrespect to JT or we were talking about uh, Lytle, you, any quarterback. Tom Brady, if he's under duress, uh, he's about, got a guy in his face just about to get tackled. He's gonna, he's gonna. That's when you. That's when the mistakes come. But with those flip passes, it makes it a little bit diff- diff- difficult for the defenders just to pin back their ears and go after him. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's true. Because it's it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they. You know, there's no film on Santa Margarita with with however their you know their scheme. How they're going to use Funa because of the fact that he's a hybrid outside linebacker defensive end, and he had five picks last year as an outside linebacker. Three of them he took to the house for scores. So he's very athletic. So, you know, whether or not he drops off into coverage or if he's coming off on, on, on a rush, he's, he's going to have to be accounted for. Yeah. So, um, and it'll be interesting to see where he lines up and who he goes against, whether it's going to be um, Andrew, the junior, Faula, Austin's brother, or if he's going to be on Tommy Brown in the All-American tackle on yeah. the opposite side but you know it's just it'll be interesting to, that those are the two matchups to watch within the game um but um yeah it's just, it's going to be interesting so i i think the modern day i mean you look at the modern day receivers from the st browns to nico um to uh the emerging um who am i thinking of uh, scotty um CJ Parks, CJ Parks, you know, obviously, you know, Brew, the receivers. There, there's no way Santa Margarita's secondary can hang with them. There's no way. You look at the personnel. Even though I like Malone a lot, there, there, there's no way. And, and, and modern day is going to see that. that. That is a matchup. That is such a huge advantage. And I think they're going to go in attack mode. Yeah, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to do what they do, and they have the, the huge advantage. And they're going to get their points, and how much pressure they can put on JT will remain to see. He's going to get it out quick. Um, I think the, the I think some of their best plays just just those quick outs, just get those guys quick slants, quick outs. Let the, let those let those guys do what they can do um, against a, a pressure. I think, and I think we can't over. And I, you you touched on it too. I mean, you mentioned modern day's defense. Well, I think this is another great test to see 
this great defense in their first training league game. They're playing so fast and hitting hard. Um, since I think we talked, they, they, we also they also picked up. A, did we talk about it last week about the commitment to Arizona by Austin? Yeah, I think I mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned it in, in my report, you know, real quick, but, yeah. And that's another great matchup, and, you know, um, that, you know, that's another great matchup, too, uh, for Austin, is that, you know, Santa Marguerite has got, an, you know, he, uh, another, you know, great USC commit uh, center, um, uh, Brett Nealon. So, that's, uh, if, you know, Brett's going to be center, Austin Biola is going to be playing uh, nose tackle. That's another great matchup. Um, that's worth the uh, price of admission right there. So that's one thing, Scotty. Got to come back next week. Uh, I want to see how how did Brett Nealon, USC commit, do against Austin, the uh, you know uh, Arizona commit who just battled great against Mike Safella, Edison, another great center, um, and who's a good good pals with um, Brett Nealon. They both train uh, privately with Jesse Sapulu, uh, former Fort San Francisco 49ers center, um, offensive lineman uh, coach guru now. So that's going to be an interesting thing. I want to touch, so my prediction is going to be modern day. I think they're going to get the win at the bowl. They're going to beat the Eagles for the third straight year. But I want to know anything, uh, Scotty, on, on you. Uh, Lenny Vandermade is now a coach, an assistant coach at Santa Margarita, the former Modern day star offensive lineman went to USC. Is that any kind of wrinkle to this matchup? I think this is 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 this Lenny uh, Lanny's first year at Santa Margarita or second or you know first? It's his, his first year. Is he going to give you? Is he going to give the Eagles and Coach Fisher uh, some insight uh, that that they might not already have? Or I I don't think so. Other than the fact that 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 he knows that. Modern day style of football, and that modern day is going to bring it. That they're going to, you know, bring the hat. Yeah. You know, they're going to. They're just going to be fierce hitters. That's pretty much all I can really say because I mean, he played under different. You know, he played under under um, um, Coach Money and um, Ed Pagani, who was his offensive line coach right. back in the day. And, it's a different, you know, it's, so it's a different scheme as far as yeah, what they do then, yeah. what they do today. So that's that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, but Lenny's been around; he's come around modern day, so it's not like he's, you know, he, you know, has just severed ties or anything like that. It's, you know, he just wanted to get into coaching, and I guess that's you know ended up at Santa Margarita. You know, you always like to have the your your former players come back coach at the school that you were at, but who's to say that he may not come back one day, but that is just how he just ended up at Santa Margarita. That's a question that I always get, you know, <laughs> why he ended up at Santa Margarita, not his alma mater, but that's just the, the way it happens sometimes, you know, so. All right, so that, our third and final matchup's going to be, Scotty, Jay Sarah 4-1 taking Orange, on Orange Lutheran. Three and two. This game is at Orange Coast College. Jay Sarah is sixth in Division One. Orange Lutheran is eight. Got an interesting quarterback matchup. You got Matt Robinson, returning starter, junior, taking on his former teammate, the quarterback at Orange Lutheran's Ryan Helensky, a promising sophomore. Well, he's a transfer from Jay Sarah. Jay Sarah has actually won this game the last two years. They won last year at Saddleback College, 45-40. And they also won the previous year, um, 
24 to 20, I believe it was. Another close game. Maybe that's why Steve Fryer said this was a flipping game for him. Um, what do you think about this game, Scotty? Coin flip game, as uh, Fryer called it. It's exactly what I have. It's probably game of the week, and it could be a pickup. Um, you know, it's really close to call. So I'll give you my period at the end of my my take. Yeah. Um, you know, Jay Sarah's the surprise team, and Olu has been solid. You know, but it's going to come down to which defense doesn't allow the big plays or scoring barrages. Um, both teams have shown, you know, to give up points, but I think Jay Sarah has been is beaten stronger teams and a little bit more battle tested. You know, with the wins over Sacramento, Vista Marietta. Plus having Matt Robinson and Riley O'Brien in the same backfield. Um, they've shown to make the big plays when needed. You know, the question is, is can Jay Sarah's youth continue the same success in the, in the Trinity League? You know, we, um, which we all know is a different animal. And Olu is also young, you know. There's a right. There's a young squad, too, you know. Can Helinski, you know, start making plays consistently downfield without the dump-offs, you know, other than the screen passes to Dominic Austin? Um, you know, Olu's been getting it done with their running game, but that passing game needs to come alive. You know, Barry Hill and, and uh, Austin have um, been the uh, catalyst and been, you know, carrying the offense pretty much, you know, all year. And defensively, you know, they're giving up 24 points a game, but they've kept, you know, they kept a solid Muller team, you know, checked most of the game, you know, a couple weeks ago. Right. And uh, McKinney and uh, Talik uh, Sakona have been the mainstays, and they're the leading tacklers for the for uh, right. Olu. So this basically is uh, going to be an exciting game. You know, it's going to come down to that old cliche, you know, who wins the turnover game? Yeah. You know, but I think I'm going to go with Jay Sarah. All right. Well, that's a, that's a big pick, you know. Um, yeah, I think one of the biggest matchups of this game, you know, as you mentioned him, Dominic Austin, you know, he's rushed for 500 yards so far in five games, so he's averaging right there uh, 100 yards a game. But he's really picked it up. He's had three 100-yard uh, games in a row, so including 139 a season high against Mullen on 19 carries. I, I, I think... I think what's going to happen is Olu is going to, you know, he's, I think the most carries that Dominic Austin has uh, this year is 23 carries, and that was against Centennial. If I'm Olu and I got Ryan Holiski, who I like as a sophomore QB, you know, he, he's completing less than 50% of his passes. He's got four picks, eight TDs. Sophomore in his first tree in the league battle. Chuck Peterson's a smart guy. He knows that. He's got to feed the rock to Dominic Austin. He's got to carry the ball about 30 times and try to keep um, the pressure off Holinsky, keep Matt Robinson and those emerging sophomore receivers and Riley O'Brien and all those trick plays. He's got to keep them off the field. So the battle becomes, can Jay Sarah and that defense, can, how can they do, and they're young on that defense, how can they do against Dominic Austin? That you know that I think that's the matchup right there for that game because I think Jay Sarah is gonna. I think they're scrappy enough. They got enough receivers. Matt Robinson, enough experience. I think they're gonna get their points. They you know had, you know they have 500 yards. But what do you think about you? Do you think Scotty that 
can the o, can um, can Jay Sarah's defense can they can they at least slow down Dominic Austin enough to win the game? Yeah, they can. They've they shown that they could do it, and uh, they did it against Vista Marietta. I know Vista was out there, their star running back that game, um, but, you know, they were more the physical up front. Yeah. Um, so they they have been in that situation before, and I think that game, nobody gave Jay Sarah a chance. Sure. So... You know, if they all rally, I know, like you said, they're young, but they have some good young talent with uh, uh, Cole Aubrey, um, you know, on that defensive line. And there was another kid I can't remember. Nielsen, Sean Nielsen. There you go, number 45. So those two guys are going to do very well. Um, and um, I just think that that's what's going to, you know, end up being the, the, the key in that game is, like you said, is whether or not... Dominic Austin can keep the running game going because if they have to force Olu to pass, I'm not so sure you want to do that. And that was one thing that I had in my in my uh, report last week is that they averaged 16 yard 16 attempts in the games they won because they, they pretty much kept the ball on the ground. And when they had to throw and go to the air in their losses, they averaged 28 attempts. Yeah. So if you start seeing that kind of, you know, and I know they want to bring Helensky on a little bit. I know they have Barry Hill and they don't have McKinney, but having them to get, you know, get them the ball, you know, that's why they run the short passes, the screens, the reverses, and get them involved in the game. And I think that's what you're probably going to see. I don't know if, you know, if you'll see many deep passes, maybe a short pass broken for, you know, a big yeah. game. Um, and on the flip side to Jay Sarah, you know, anything goes with them as we've, as we've all seen. Yeah. You know, I think it was a tricky matchup, too, for, you know, it's probably not, I think especially for this one, for Orange Lutheran, how they have to look at themselves as where, you know, they have some weapons. I think the, the, the vulnerability of the Jay Sarah defense, you know, you know, is that secondary. That's where you want to attack. you, you got to steer clear of Riley O'Brien for sure. He's the guy out there. But be, after that, I think the Jay Sarah secondary is vulnerable. And I'm sure Orange Lutheran's looking like, hey, we're going to go attack it with Barry Hill. You know, um, we, you know, Stan, you know, Stan, we want to get him going. He's got 22 receptions on the year, 397 uh, yards, 4 TDs. We want to attack with him. We're going to want to attack with Brandon McKinney. Um, he's our, you know, Washington commit, best athlete. You know, he hasn't done a ton of offense this year. I th- you know, I think he, maybe, I, I, you know, maybe this is the game that maybe, hey, Lutheran starts to put him a little bit more at running back. Um, that's why I liked him a lot more last year. I liked him coming out of the backfield, but I like that guy as a one-two punch with, um, with Dominic Austin, I think I think Brandon McKinney is definitely uh, suited for that. And you know, I don't think I don't know if he's got any carries, but who knows? If, you know, that's just Coach Albano talking here. And then you know, we, and then they get you know, Austin Lyles has been very quiet this year. Um, he's only played in three games according to Max Preps. Maybe he's healthy, and that's another you know draw for the passing game. But I think they got to run it. Um, but I think I think both teams. I think this is going to be another wild game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, um, a shootout-type game at Orange Coast College. It's coming down to the end, and um, 
I think I think Jay Sarah is going to find a way to win it. Oh, so we're in agreement there, man. <laughs> we're we're in agreement there. But that's I think that's the uh, you know that's could be a great game. You know it is a great game. You know Jay Sarah four and one. We're both Scotty and I are both in agreement. We're picking the Lions over Orange Lutheran at three and two. Uh, a big reason for me is Matt Robinson, and uh, you know this is the these kind of track meet games. I think Jay Sarah is pretty comfortable, and uh, you know they've shown like especially I saw against Low Sal, um, they're going to be there. They're going to have some trick plays. So um, those are uh, those are you know. So I'm going out. You know I got the the, the, the upset of the of the year maybe. And, and Survey beating Bosco, you got Bosco, and uh, we both agreed that Modern Day is going to beat Santa Margarita at the bowl. Now, let's close out our show, Scotty, as we promised at the, the top, and thanks again to all our Trinity League football fans joining us on our, our second year podcast. Let's talk a little bit more in depth on some of the uh, sit-out guys that are, these are transfers that had to sit out the first five games because of the CIF Southern Section rules that... Uh, when it gets, you know, some of their transfers get declared that they're sit out, they have to sit out the period, and then they, then they're able to be eligible. Mace Funa, sophomore at Santa Margarita, he's a transfer from Utah. Uh, he's a outside linebacker, uh, high school in Utah, I should say. He's an outside linebacker, defensive end. He's got an offer from Utah and uh, BYU. Pretty highly regarded guy. Um, very outstanding athlete. What do you think about the impact, uh, and what, do you, what, what more can you offer on Mace Funo, who's going to make his debut, uh, anticipated debut for uh, Santa Margarita? Funo, he's a former Orange County resident. And right. He's actually cousins with, uh, like I think we mentioned, the, uh, Malone Telly, um, the corner at Santa Margarita. And um, so he's coming back. You know, he came back home um, in like I said, he started last year as a freshman for right. Spanish Fork, who ended up, I think, were five and six in, in Utah. He had, like I said, he had five intercepts, and I said he did the three first scores, and he had one one sack. And he's just, he's just a, he's just a beast. He's just, he is a football <laughs> player. Um, so you're gonna see him all over the field. Um, he can cover ground. He can cover coverage, and he can rush. So he's he's definitely in, in, uh, of all the transfers, he's the most impact right. guy that, that the Trinity League is gonna have to contend with. Yeah, I agree. He's a guy that football fans, you know, that modern day game, check out Mace Funa. Look for him on defense, maybe on offense. You know, uh, Coach Fisher, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes to, to probably get the W. I agree with you. He's the number one guy in the Trinity League. And, we've, you know, both Scotty and I have been asked to, to, to uh, cover some of these new guys, these transfer guys. Um, another one I rank number, you know, rank, rank two as far as, you know, based on what we know, some of the familiarity we have with him, but the, the second guy arguably might be Trent McDuffie at Servite. He played at Modern Day last year, lower levels. He's a sophomore, like we talked about. A good corner, good return man might be his best positions, but he's also a receiver. We, we, we talked about the other Servite receivers. Obviously, you know, he got Lytle at there. Uh, Tyler Lytle is a quarterback, Colorado commit. But McDuffie, he's kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, since he left Modern Day, um, he was at Santa Margarita, I believe. Scotty will fill us in. Um, I believe that's been reported by um, Steve Fryer as well. But 
but now he was then he landed at uh, Servite. He's sticking there. But what what can you tell us a little bit about uh, McDuffie, who's uh, you know who, who earned uh, a nice reputation when he was at Modern Day? Yes, Dan. He um, yeah he did uh, leave Modern Day in the summer. Went over to Santa Margarita. For some reason or another didn't work out there. Went over to Servite, and that's you know where he's um, he's he, he's from. All his friends are at at Servite. He grew up with all playing. Uh, he went to uh, one of the parochial lower level schools in Huntington Beach, so he has ties, I believe, at Servite, and, you know, so he wanted to go back over to Servite, um, and he's an electrified player, I, I can't stress that more, he would have been amongst Monterey's five receivers, I know there's not enough balls, but he would have been on their team, he probably would have been a punt returner on their, their kickoff team, um, he will be a recruitable guy uh, in the in the you know the, in the coming years, um, and uh, it's a great fit for I mean pickup for Servite you know because it gives them they already had three receivers four receivers now it gives them another guy to, to add into their mix, um, so it, that's a that's a huge uh, pickup just depends on how they utilize him whether or not he's going to play more. On, offense or defense because he is a great corner as well and that's where he actually made his name was was, was uh, actually being a corner when he was an excellent corner on the freshman team and he was probably going to be groomed to be one of um, modern day starting guys next year um, before you know he was actually going to be a receiver but you know, I don't know how Servite's going to use him if he's going to be a two-way guy or not. But watch for him, Trent McDuffie, number three. So yeah, number three. You know, and that's a good point too. You know, Scotty, and that's something that's happening. You see more and more um, on the uh, on the high school scene. I, you know, is that you have these talented young players, and I think more now they're they're not when they're blocked like McDuffie. You know. Modern Day's got two senior cornerbacks in uh, Quinton Lake, committed UCLA. Jalen Cole, uh, committed to Montana State. Jalen Cole was first team All-County um, last season. He was outstanding. Um, he was ahead of Quinton Lake as a sophomore when Jalen Cole was you know, rising very fast. Uh, so what we're saying is that Jalen Cole was firmly established as a top corner since his sophomore year. Modern day was very high on him. So he's blocked right there. And then you, and then, you know, then you see the depth at receiver at modern day. And nowadays, guys are leaving, right? Scotty, they, they, you know, that's that's kind of a trend where they're, they're somewhat, uh, they're, they're moving quicker uh, when they're blocked, it seems like. That's my opinion. Now, what it is is nowadays, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. And so I think a lot of it, has, social media has a lot to do with it. Uh, these kids, they want it. They, they think that they can be on the field as a freshman yeah. or, you know, you know, as a sophomore, they can start. You know, they don't want to wait their turn. Um, but that's just that's just the age we live in um, with the social media and how they see. You know, so and so getting this offer, so and so getting that, so and so is getting talked about. You know, they can go to these camps. You know, oh, they, you know, they just can't wait. You know, it's so it's it's harder and it's tough these days to. Um, you know, for people to kind of sit and wait, you know, you still get some of the kids that love the school, 
you know, they just buy their time and, you know, don't wait. And some of them don't want to do that. So that's, you know, just something that to keep an eye for. We, you know, we keep hearing them all, all these great freshmen, you know, sophomore teams, you know, and, you know, then there's the movers and shakers every year. So it's just something that's what we have to keep our eye on. So It is. As, you know, it, it is this significant. And, you know, what we'll try to do, maybe, you know, as much as we can, I'm sure we'll cover it, and we talked about it last year. I'm sure this isn't foreign territory, but a little bit on... You know why we talk about Trent McDuffie is that you know we know, and we obviously you know Mace Funa's got offers. We got to talk about him. Trent McDuffie, modern day's uh, freshman team last year that he was part of. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they were undefeated. They won the Trinity League title, and that freshman level has been very competitive with St. John Bosco. That's won the league title four years in a row on the varsity. They've been to they won a Pack Five. They've been to the Pack Five finals. Right, I mean McDuffie was one of their best players on this uh, on this freshman team. Yeah, he was. And like, like I said, this this past or last year, you know, or this this year, there was going to be there's ten ten off of that off of that team that are on varsity right now. So and they all and they all play. So whether or not they start, but they're all contributing. Yeah. Now, uh, last school that's got some impact guys for, for football fans in the True League to watch is going to be St. John Bosco. I checked in with the uh, the reigning True League champs. They referred me to their to the CIF uh, website and the list of their sit-out period uh, players. Um, so this is what I was able to gather. They've got three guys that, to me, uh, worth mentioning. Um, Jacob Bailey is a sophomore corner. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll run this by Scotty as well here. He, I think he has some in, uh, impact on, uh, or some, uh, some, some words to share on some of these guys. They also have um, a junior defensive end, uh, offensive guard, Jalen Harrington, and a, a senior, the one senior, Giovanni Lewis, um, as a uh, senior uh, linebacker type. Um, I can tell you a little bit of uh, Bailey. Like we said, as a sophomore, Jake Baylor, Jacob Bailey, uh, 5'10", 177, sophomore, cornerback, maybe play some receiver. Obviously, they're loaded. Uh, little, they're pretty stacked at that. Um, let's see, Harrington, like we said, is a junior. Um, offensive lineman, D-tackle, 6'2", 260, so some good uh, size for Jalen Harrington. And then Lewis, like we said, the one senior um, and he is a uh, outside linebacker, strong safety, 5'10", 182. So three guys, I think you know a little bit something about one of them, right, uh, Scotty? Yeah, actually, um, the Bosco guys, I don't know how many of those guys are going to be actually impact players, but actually one of them, two of them, um, are former J. Sarah players, and that's the Jake, Jacob Bailey. Um, he's a, like I said, DB corner. I don't know how much of a mix he's going to play. And then um, Colby Bowman, who's just a wide receiver. And during the summer, he was part of their rotation. So whether or not he's going to be um, filtered into their the receiver set. Um, and he's about 6'2", about a, a 195 pounds. So, those, you know, those two guys. I do want to add two other transfers um, from Servite. 
that yeah. I want to make note of for everybody out there. It's kind of interesting. There's two, I don't believe they're brothers, Kobe Fitzgerald and Akela Fitzgerald. And, and they're juniors from, and they're transfers from Marietta Valley. And I thought that they were supposed to be cleared this, this um, group, the October 3rd group. But actually, they're, one of them has actually played. So I don't know, there's somebody said that they actually got cleared. So they're actually playing. Kobe Fitzgerald was a starting outside linebacker as a sophomore, uh, registering 68 tackles um, and averaged six tackles a game. And, but he's been out injured with the with the foot injury since the beginning of, of the uh, fall camp. So I don't know when he's if he's coming back. But his, okay. his brother Caleb Fitzgerald has actually been in a couple of games at defensive end for Servite. Um, he had 16 tackles last year and two sacks at a defensive end. Um, but I think it's Kobe is 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 the uh, is the um, guy to to keep an eye for from what I understand from what I hear. Um, and both of those guys are juniors. Junior, yeah. So yeah, Kobe is a uh, number six, uh, six foot two hundred five outside linebacker on the on the Servite roster. So you know, I, I checked in with Coach Hardigan when I covered them. Uh, the Lions against Los Alamitos and asked him about sit-out players, and he said he didn't have anybody coming uh, on board. The word on modern day is that they don't have any uh, sit-out guys. And then the word on Orange Lutheran is that they didn't have – they have some, but maybe not impact guys that we were really talking about at this point. Is that what you're kind of hearing as well, Scotty? Exactly. That's what I have, too. All right, and I guess what we have fans here, we should probably tell them uh, the jersey number here for Mace Funa. He's going to be number now on the. I believe he's going to be number eighteen. Eighteen, correct. Uh, there's on the max preps. There's two number eighteens actually, but I'm expecting that to be. Uh, and they're both sophomores, but uh, you should be able to. Uh, if you're at that game, Scotty will be at that game, right, Scotty? Yeah, and he goes and he goes about six two, six one, about two twenty. So he's, he can't be missed. And like you said, Scotty said he's a beast. He's got a big burst. He's got Division one offers. Football fans, you better be able to. We're counting on our Trinity League podcast listeners to be able to spot Mace Funa. So um, definitely look for that. So. Um, well, Scotty, we've uh, reached the end of our first podcast for the for as far as the opening week. I think it's jam packed with information. What do you think? Yeah, it was good. Uh, like I said, I, I love to give out the information. To get, you know, something that the uh, fans can take when they go to their games. You know, what to watch for, what to look for. Um, that's those are some of the things that I look for when I watch my you know my podcasts or, or I listen to you know on the radio shows or you know my my college football you know intakes and stuff like that. So I think for the fan that they, they, it's, it's good to to get that insight. All right, so Scotty, we'll have tons to bring back from the modern day Santa Margarita clash. I think it's going to be heavily. Uh, Heavy OC influence at the Bowl, one of my favorite stadiums uh, right there in the middle of Santa Ana. I think should be packed, hopefully. Um, hopefully those Santa Margarita fans will, will travel well. Steve Fryer says that they don't travel well sometimes. He's, I've heard him say it a lot of times. Hopefully the Eagles' nest can get up there and do their best, right, Scotty? 